episode of Shades Midweek, where we have conversations about theology, culture, and all things Shades. I am Brad Brown, joined in the studio by my co-host, John Mark Durow and Jonathan Hafes. Guys, how's it going? Any updates? Uh, we're in the middle of a thunderstorm right now. That yes, we are. for sure. We, we might not make it. It, it. it sounds rather threatening out the window. You might hear thunder, don't worry. No bombs, nothing like that. It's just the weather. Uh, what I wish was new with me right now is I wish I had a brand new cup of coffee sitting right here. Mm. Yeah, there's something wrong with the... We couldn't make any coffee. If, yeah, if we sound... We, we might be a little slow. Yeah, if we sound ridiculous tired today, that's that's why. There's no Java in the house. <laughs> yeah, Ashley and I, speaking of something new, Ashley and I just started the Whole30 diet yesterday. Oh. yesterday. We're only two days in. So don't yeah. get too excited. We haven't had enough time yet to cave. Yeah. So we're still we're still early in on this thing. I thought you seemed a little grumpy today. So yeah, that's what it is. Well, that's just that every day, sense. but maybe a little more edgier today. Yeah, I, I was last night. I was sitting on my phone and I was like, "Oh man, they make cashew queso dip." Yeah. Oh. Could, Oh. <laughs> I was trying to. Oh. I'm like missing cheese already so much. It was oh. like, gosh, I just want some cheese right now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a cheese platter in next week. <laughs> We're just gonna sit here and just eat cheese while we look at John Mark. Yeah, yeah. That's how we love one another. So, so that's what we're in right now. Okay. What about the Hafes? Anything in uh that well, Hafesville? Yeah. I I mean, our our youngest just turned two yesterday. Wow. So yeah, that's a big one. You know, um, we officially don't have any babies anymore. Only toddlers and up now. Yeah, so, I mean, w- with the size of your family, do you all have a birthday, like, every other week? Is it, is it, is it like that? I mean, it, it feels like it sometimes. Um, <laughs> no, but what what is crazy is, oh, I, now I've got to think. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so, good that you're just now doing that. <laughs> so, Karis, Karis is January, but then we don't know February, March, or April. But once May gets here, May, June, July, August, all birthday months. And we have two in August, and, and Holly's is, is the last one. It's the last day of August, so that may as well be September. Woo. And then I'm October, so nearly six months in a row. Do you all do cards for Birthdays. everyone? Cards? Yeah, cards, like give cards to each one of the kids, or we're, we're do not, you and Holly give cards to one another? We're not a card-giving family. Man, <laughs> what about you, John? I'm just curious. We're not this really card-giving family either. Man, there is the expectation in my family. If you do not give a card, then you are anathema. There, <laughs> right, like you have to a have a thing. card with a gift. Yeah, and it's it's the card needs to be thoughtful. No, just standard cards, right? So funny, gets a lot of points, but it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I just wanted to share that. I want to confess that. Thank to you, you guys. My yeah, eldest... Felt, felt vulnerable. My eldest sister is quite the committed card giver. In fact, I receive a thank you note from her children, my nieces and nephews, anytime we have ever given them a gift, if they come spend the night at my house, I get a thank you note every yeah, the, time. Yeah, some people, I feel very shamed by it all. Yeah, some people are really committed and good at doing thank you notes. Holly like, and that's I, a big thing. True, Holly yeah. and I were doing good just to get the like wedding thank no, you notes out I agree. within oh, a year. Us too. Gosh, so stressful. Us too. So stressful. So yeah. yeah, no, we're not we're not big like Holly and I. Uh, we, we'll exchange cards for like you know anniversaries and stuff like that. But you know mm. birthdays, it's usually just like 
here, kid. Here's, here's a present. some cake. <laughs> yeah. Here's a present. Yeah. Here's some cake. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But we well, had a, we had a good time. So that's good. Well, you know, for myself, I thought I would announce on the show that I found a new TV show to oh, watch. Oh, great! Uh, I I'm, I heard you complaining yesterday about I'm, the lack of TV shows in your life. It's true. Well, there's I, just not I, a lot of options right there's now. There's not a in lot in TV. I mean, yeah. really, I the yeah. streaming game just totally. not a lot. I of wish options. there were more streaming <laughs> services that we could all. <laughs> You know, pay a monthly fee for that would really be great. Uh, but no, so I start I started watching the show and then I stopped and went away from it. But I've come back. It drew me back into its presence. And the show is West Wing. It's on Netflix. Ah. If you have Netflix, and you know it's an election year, so it just felt right. A- Aaron Sorkin, right? Aaron Sorkin is the creator. Has a phenomenal cast. Uh, Allison Janney, John Spencer, Rob Donald Lowe. Trump. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, does he make an appearance? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh. I, I have been told, <laughs> I've been told repeatedly by people that it's one of the best shows. And and I, I confession, I haven't watched it. Well, that's what people told me. And now that I'm getting into it, I, I, I mean, I kind of see what they're talking about. I'm not going to make that claim. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the writing the, is great. When did it's it the power start? the power dynamics of DC? Huh? <laughs> when, when did it I'm start behind the veil, behind the curtain? Yes, really. yes. When, so, when did they start filming that show? I believe it was 1999. I think the show went 1999 yeah, to 2006. Clinton, Clinton era. So what's it like watching a bunch of people that don't have iPhones? <laughs> hey, is Martin Sheen a Demo- weird? Is he a Democrat or a Republican weird. president? He's a Democrat. He's Democrat. Okay. Yes. I do remember that. Yes, yes, yes. Where's his character from? What state is he from? Uh, Do you remember? Dang it, John Mark. See, is this like is how John state? Mark watches TV shows and movies. <laughs> we should probably he knows clarify all the details. John Mark, he's a 1999 <laughs> Democrat, though. Oh, right. It's, it's a very different thing. 1999 <laughs> Republicans were a very different thing, too. I can't remember what state he's from. But anyway, I really enjoyed it. And, I mean, yeah. there's like, what? A lot a of seasons. million seasons, yeah, and so and and feels those, good. and it, because it was on NBC, those are like twenty four episodes a season, right? Long seasons, yeah, and yeah. they're all like forty minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. each episode, yeah. That gives me something to look forward That'll to be good. during the season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> during what season? This the the, the COVID nineteen season. Is that what you're referring to, Brad? Exactly. I think that we actually are going to move on and talk about that yep. very thing. I think we've wasted enough time. <laughs> Hey, but the NBA is coming back it, soon, though, so that'll be good. Yeah. Oh, I, boys, MLB officially starts this Friday. Really? Yeah. What's the first game? Well, actually, oh, yeah. So I should I should repent that uh, I don't know if that is the actual opening day or not. So that's the, the first. That's when the Braves play. <laughs> oh, okay. And you okay, will watch every single game. There's only which six will be easier. Of them which will be year. easier this year? Are they quarantined to one area? I, I, to be a hundred percent. Are they traveling? I, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I have not paid attention to the details of the plan or anything, and the reason is the because the NBA is at Disney, I think. Right, right. But everything's just been changing so much um, mm. that every like I, I just wasn't going to follow the news only to be disappointed again. So the fact that they're actually playing and going to play this Friday, right. I, I'll probably look it up and read about it. I think they are traveling, um, but I do think it's changed a lot. I mean, there's no fans. I know that. Right, but I do think it's it's changed a lot of stuff. I'll look it up and I'll I'll be able to report. Well, definitely time. watch it because next week the season will be canceled. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love the podcast. At the beginning, I was like, "All right, let's just do a brief intro." <laughs> you know, thirty minutes later, 
All right, we'll, we'll actually move uh, okay. on. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll make a transition. So today, uh, we do want to talk about something that's very important and something that uh, applies to, the, to this season, to this COVID season, and that is uh, beholding the beauty of Christ during COVID. Beholding the beauty of Christ during COVID. Uh, we use this language a lot at Shades Valley. Uh, beholding Christ, fixing our eyes on Christ, on his beauty, on his glory, so that our affections may be stirred for him, and that by the Holy Spirit we may be transformed to be a people that commune with him, that love him, that worship him, and follow him as his disciples in this world. And so this season... uh, can present some unique challenges to us individually and corporately uh, worshiping Christ, beholding Christ, setting him before us. And so I thought that we could begin this conversation by uh, talking about some of these challenges that this season presents. So Jonathan, do you want to start us off, maybe talk about some challenges that the season presents to beholding Christ. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I think I think the easiest place to start uh, is with how it's disrupted our ability to gather corporately. Mm. I mean, that's just kind of the low hanging fruit to totally. pick right there. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, I mean, because you know, one of the primary ways that this thing spreads and spreads so rapidly is through large corporate gatherings, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of one of the first things to to go as we all began to try and do our part to help prevent the the spread and the overcrowding of hospitals and all that. So mm. yeah, it's um it, it's made that challenging and, and and while I don't think that our our entire spiritual growth, our entire spiritual health is solely dependent upon gathering as a community weekly for worship. I don't think it's solely dependent on that. However, I I do think that the corporate gathered body of Christ is one of the primary means by which God grows our faith, sustains our faith, strengthens our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that we for a long time weren't able to do that at all, y- yes, we were able to live stream some, but even that presents challenges for particular people. So yeah, totally. So, you know, the people that have, uh, that have been on my heart a lot, everybody's been on my heart, but mm-hmm. But I, I have definitely felt for our young families um, because that's that's the uh, the bracket of which I fall into currently mm-hmm. in life as well, and so I, I know that the challenges for me are also challenges for them, and and so it, specifically those those young families with young kids, um, I know that even though we've been able to offer a live stream. Mm-hmm. It's still incredibly challenging. Yeah, you mean the kids aren't just sitting down and taking diligent notes <laughs> and asking the parents reflective questions on right, the sermon? Right, right, right. So it's it's incredibly yeah. challenging for them to even watch and participate. And now, even though we've reopened, we're unable to provide childcare. So it'd be challenging to be here with young children. It's challenging to participate in the live stream at home. And one could say, well, yeah, but we're leaving the live stream up on YouTube. You can access it any time later that you want to. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when you're the parents of small children and you you finally arrive at bedtime, yeah. you know, w- one of the last things that you want to do is to try and do something that 
requires intellectual <laughs> and emotional investment. Yeah. You're tired. You're worn out. That's hard. Um, and then you also, at that point, there is something different about getting to participate in the live stream when it's live. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like you're engaged in it with everybody else. Yeah. Versus if you watch it later, it just feels kind of like you're watching a YouTube video. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that that's been incredibly challenging. Yeah. Um, for all of our people, but but for you know young families and and I think that that when when you remove that means of beholding the beauty of Christ, yes, together corporately, I just think it wears on you and it it wears on your individual practices as well. Totally, I think uh, you know the first Sunday that we were able to gather back. I think at the beginning of COVID, we all had a very different picture of what that was going to be like. You know, we were having conversations and we were like, oh, when people can start coming back, it's, you know, if if we have to hold this off through Easter, you know, if, <laughs> right? Surely not. But we're like, man, when people, when we can come back, it's going to be a party. It's going to yeah. be crazy. And we're going to have a huge band, choir, horn yep. section. We're going to throw down. We're going to throw down. It's going to be bigger than Easter. <laughs> Yeah, and then it was not like that. <laughs> it happened, right? And yeah, it wasn't that. And um, not saying at all that more people should have come back. And yeah, there for are people, sure. there are families that need to stay at home. Families with kids, we totally understand yeah. uh, why it's not possible or realistic for you to come on Sunday. You know, those that are in a vulnerable population, it's wise for you to stay at home right now and to worship through the live stream, but. I think just the reality that the body can't gather together is something that I think we felt the weight of because some people were able to come back and it just caused us to feel the absence of those that couldn't be there in a pretty pronounced way. And it was so heavy. And so I think I've taken, you know, these past few weeks to really just mourn that Mm -hmm. and to pray because like you said, Jonathan, I mean, it's it's not insignificant that there are people that haven't been able to corporately worship physically since March. Right. Um, I mean, that's heavy. Yeah. No, for sure. And and like I said, I, I think that begins to wear even more on your individual routines, your individual practices. So I know that often personally yeah. my prayer life is fed, like my individual prayer life is fed by what I know is going on in the body. And my connections with people, and I'm praying for people. Yeah. Uh, my scripture reading is often fed by my interactions with the scripture in my discussions with people. Mm-hmm. Questions I've been asked, things that have come up in community groups, whatever, like that feeds yeah. into my own personal time. And so when, when you subtract that, like like it affects that too. And then yeah. I, mean, I think that individually, one of the other things that has been greatly affected in this uh, particular season is all of our normal routines are gone or at least have been affected drastically in some way. Yeah. And, and that can be jarring. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and a lot of your own personal uh, spiritual practices depend a lot on rhythm and, mm. and routine. And so for that to be gone, I think has left people feeling very challenged to have some kind of uh, regular self feeding, if you will, you know, yeah. spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those, those are just some of the challenges that, that I think come to mind as we think through these things. Yeah. JM, is there anything that you want to add to that? Anything that comes to mind? Uh, I mean, just 
personally, I mean, on the especially on like the routines, like you were talking about, Jonathan. I mean, I think that's been one of the biggest things um, for us with me working full time and Ashley working full time too, and having two kids. Um, obviously, not having daycare or anything like that has definitely thrown our work schedules uh, kind of up in the air from day to day. And I know that a lot of people listening have experienced similar things. <clears throat> and sometimes that doesn't even mean that both parents are working. Sometimes that could be, you know, maybe uh, somebody lost their job or they were furloughed for a cer- you know, certain amount of time during this uh, pandemic. So I think a lot of those things just add to the complexity <laughs> of the situation as you're trying to navigate how to uh, respond and almost create a new routine or a new normal, if you will, uh, just kind of given the circumstances at hand. So that's, that's the biggest thing I think for us that we've, that we've experienced in my family so far. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the, probably the main thing we want to communicate to everybody is like, you're not alone in the struggles that you're feeling and experiencing spiritually during this time. Like don't the fact that you might still see the three of us leading out in worship on Sunday, if, if you're able <laughs> to, to participate <laughs> in the live stream, um, d- don't think that means man, Jonathan, Brad and John Mar, they're just thriving. Yeah. Like during this time, I mean, we feel like we're floundering, but man, they're just, you know, all out for Jesus. Um, <laughs> like this has been a hard season for each. I know in our conversations, it's been a hard season for, for each of us. And, and it's been difficult. Um, that w- like you were saying, we feel the weight yeah. of not being able to fully gather yeah. with the body. And, and I felt it affect my own personal mm. um, time mm. with, with the Lord. So, yeah, I know one thing we talked about early on as we were uh, as the coronavirus first really hit and the lockdowns first started happening was sort of this realization uh, that we couldn't, not only could we not physically gather with the body on Sunday mornings, but as pastors, we couldn't really physically gather with anybody. Right. And Jonathan, you do, you mm. meet with uh, quite a few uh, members like every week and sometimes several a day. And um, I know that has affected what we do as pastors here at Shades as well. And just being able to have those daily, you know, conversations with people uh, that are, you know, sitting at a coffee shop or something like that, actually physically being in the same place. Because, you know, Zoom and FaceTime are great or a phone call, but it's definitely not the same as having a conversation with someone at the same table. Right. No, for sure. And Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Yes. I mean, people are kind of, you know, over. (laughs) They don't want another online meeting if, if, if possible. And I was talking to one woman from our congregation that, because of her work, she is on the phone eight hours oh. during a day throughout the week. And that's just the norm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. I just got so anxious. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and and the other thing that's strange is you know, one of the times I – really enjoy being able to be there for people and to visit people and pray with them is in the midst of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like everybody's in the midst of difficulty and you can't be with any of them, especially those who are hurting the most. So if someone yeah. actually gets sick and is hospitalized right now, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get into the hospital, right? you know, to, to, to go visit. Yeah. Um, 
and and so that's yeah it's just it's it's super t- and that's not just for a pastor i mean that's for anybody for it's sure you can't go visit people in the hospital if somebody dies that mm. you know I, I i did my first uh funeral during the season yeah uh, a couple of weeks ago and i mean i just i feel for that family because they're extremely limited on how many people can even be present right you sure. know so normally a time when you would be able to go and minister to your friends just by showing up. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't. And so, yeah, yeah it, there's just, there's so many aspects to, to how it weighs on you spiritually. Yeah. And you may be listening and thinking, this podcast feels a little late to the game. Shit, like, this feels like a podcast that would have happened a few months ago. But, and I don't know about you guys, but it feels like we've reached this point uh, collectively where we've realized, oh, this isn't going away. Like any hopes of this going away in the summer or any hope of things getting back to quote-unquote normal in the fall, it feels like those hopes have been completely dashed. And so there's a lot of us who have been in survival mode and have been struggling and have been isolated, but there was this sense of like, okay, well, if I can just make it to the summer. Yeah. Or, okay, if August, I get, August is going to get here, school's going to go back, <laughs> football will Football's come. Football's coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some more. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely feel like we're kind of, you know, in, in a new phase of this. Yes. You know, um, as far as just the way that people are coping. Yeah. And and dealing with it. And I think that what you were saying about that, if I can just make it to the fall, I think I think people were doing that spiritually in a large sense, too. Yeah. Of Mm, like, that's good. uh, If I can just we'll be back. Like we kind of said early on, oh, we can do this for a few weeks. We'll be back by (laughs) Easter. Yeah. Just live stream through an iPhone and, then you know, we'll be fine. Right. And I think (laughs) that I think that to a large extent, like people have probably felt like, oh, well, surely we'll be back in church normally and childcare and all of that, you know, come yes. the fall. And so we can hang on till then. So I do think there is kind of this new, the word despair <laughs> is a <laughs> that, very heavy word. That's the word I wrote down. It's a very heavy <laughs> word. And that's what I was feeling. But, but, but I think that that is kind of a semblance of what some people are feeling of like the future now feels just very open ended of like, mm. I don't know when. I'm going to yes. get to be back with the body. I don't know when I'm going to get something as simple as football with fans in the stands. I don't, you know, that that yes. kind of thing. And so yes. I do think there's a new level of spiritual heaviness yeah. that is hitting. And yes. so I think that's why we're wanting to not just talk about these difficulties, but uh, kind of think through and address ways that we can in this unique season actually behold like like yes. behold the beauty of Christ and face down these difficulties and and confront them yeah no totally and i mean just thinking that um you know there are going to be people in the congregation you who are listening may not be able to physically attend a service i mean i don't know but you may not be able to until 2021 right i mean we just don't know like to think about the entire fall being that, 
to think about, oh, I'm not going to be able to visit family during the holidays, to think about normal routines not coming back, to think about, you know, for some, maybe not even getting together with community groups, for some, the thought of having to continue doing Zoom meetings, which, I mean, just Google it. I'm getting tired just (laughs) listening to you talk. (laughs) I'm like over here, like just sinking into my chair. I kind of got, I I went to a dark place this morning. Um, (laughs) That's something that's coming out now. But thinking all that, that's, I think, that's why, like you said, Jonathan, we want to ask this question of, okay, we're heading into this season that's way longer than we thought. And if we're going to um, have spiritual nourishment, right. and if we're going to um, survive, <laughs> then we're going to have to establish new routines right. and new rhythms and new practices of beholding Christ, of um of of getting in the word of 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 praying of of being with one another i'm getting ahead of i'm getting ahead of the conversation but we're going to have to establish these new right. rhythms and so talking about what could, what does that look like what could that be right and my hope my hope is that this will be comforting and challenging for everybody as yeah. we have the next portion of this conversation comforting because i think it's possible yeah like i i don't think you're just stuck there in neutral until the day comes that you can be right. back yeah. with the body. Like I think there's things you can do to be spiritually vibrant during yeah. this time. So so I want this to be comforting, but too, I do want it to be challenging in that I think, and, and I, I'm the first one to raise my hand and say I'm guilty. Mm-hmm. I think we've been very passive. Um, just as far as our personal spiritual health is concerned and our personal spirituality, that I, I think we've been passive because we've been like, oh, it won't be that long. Yeah. We just yeah. hang on yes. and, and then we're back to normal. So we've been passive. And so I think that this is a comfort. There's something you can do. And it's a challenge of let's not be passive anymore. Let's, let's be proactive in pursuing Christ, even in the midst of this, this stressful and strange uh, season. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, that's solid. Yeah, that's great. So, Let's talk about some practices or some rituals that we, that Shades Valley, can incorporate into our day, into our week, as individuals, as a family, as a community, to behold the beauty of Christ in this season that just will not end. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, real quick, uh, were we watching that video together of that kid that was sitting at the table and was going on and yeah. on about the coronavirus, yeah. and the, the parents were just letting them kind of vent. Yeah, the little that girl, was amazing. The, the, the little girl that said, <laughs> "How can no. we direct people to that video?" It's yeah. amazing. Can you put the link. <laughs> My favorite thing was uh, that she said was the only thing open right now is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you don't know what we're talking about, I think you can search. Oh, well, what is it? My, I think my wife showed this to me. Um, just search like a uh, little girl is done with quarantine, something like that. It's it's like a five or six year old little girl that yeah. and her mom uh, or dad filmed this clip of her and she's just she, it's very raw. Like there's there's this sense in which it's very sad. Yes, because um, she's like seriously just crying and and very upset. Yeah. But there's also this cathartic sense because everybody identifies with yeah. her. Adults, it, everybody identifies. Everybody with is that. like she gets it. <laughs> She, kn- I feel her. I, I, I feel what she feels. Just on YouTube, search the ice cream truck is shut down. <laughs> 
four-year-old loses it over COVID nineteen. Yeah, that's real. That's yeah. real. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> It's and she, uh, I mean, her parents are, are believers because they have this whole section where uh, oh, that's they, cool. she talks about not being able to go to church right, right. now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. The church is shut down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, and what we're what, all feeling. What's so beautiful about that moment, though, to me too, is that her parents say to her, "Well, you know, we we do we get to do we have to do church on the TV right now," and the little girl talks about how it's not the same. Oh, she yeah. just a little theologian. Come she doesn't on. even know it. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, that's anyway. good. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, a yeah. side. I yeah, had to bring that up because I thought that was great. Yeah, that was good. No, great. So, Jonathan, why don't you talk about some, some practices that can become the new norm for us <laughs> during this season? Well, I mean, I did, two, uh, I've got two, uh, two preambles here. Of course. <laughs> Um, the, the the first one is I I, I talk about this uh, a fair amount, but I, I think there's a lie that needs to be rejected right now, and a truth that we talk about that needs to be embraced. And and the way I'll illustrate this oftentimes is by talking about Thanksgiving meal versus like r- three square meals a day. Mm. I, I tell people Thanksgiving is awesome. If that's the only meal you eat all year long, you cannot survive. Mm-hmm. It would be incredibly unhealthy. You would starve to death. What actually keeps you alive are the boring, normal three square meals a day that you don't remember what you ate yesterday. Yeah. The boring whole thirty meals <laughs> every time. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, but but there's a sense in which like we often think our spirituality survives off of the big moments. It's when I have these big, huge spiritual experiences. I go to the big conferences or God moves in this big, tangible way. Yeah. Like That's what makes me have a vibrant spirituality. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, if that's what you depend upon, you'll actually starve to death. Mm-hmm. It's Good. the regular, uh, the routine, the mundane, the daily encounters with God's word, the daily time in prayer, uh, the regular Sunday gathering with your community. Yeah. You know, But... So, so what I'm wanting to emphasize there is like we're not looking to find things that are going to be crazy flashy for this season, that are going to be crazy revolutionary. We're looking for something that's regular, for, yeah. for new routines, new rhythms that can sustain yeah, us that's good. and strengthen us. Yes. And then the second preamble that I want to say right here is this will take effort. Mm. Like, like, and I was saying that earlier about we can no longer be passive. We've got to be active right here. This will take effort. And that's not to deny the fact that we need the Holy Spirit to empower us to do this. I don't think that our effort and the Holy Spirit's empowerment are at odds. Uh, in fact, I think that our efforts have to be, must be, empowered by the Spirit. My favorite place in the scriptures to go for this uh, is to 2 Thessalonians uh, 1, verses 11 and 12. Paul says this to the church at Thessalonica, To this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good. So every time you resolve mm-hmm. to, to do something good, to, to, to make an effort, God may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him. So in other words, Paul looks at the Thessalonians. He says, you need to make a resolve to pursue the right thing, to to go for the right thing. But you need to do this knowing that you've got to do it dependent upon the Holy Spirit's power. So so this is what I want to encourage us towards is 
making an effort in this season, knowing that God will provide the needed power. Mm-hmm. So, done with the preamble. What are <laughs> what are so, y'all are just they're just rolling their eyes at me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what what are some things that I think that uh, we could put? in place. I I, I, I want to talk on the individual level, the family level, and the community level. Okay. So first, as individuals, um, I think this is a time for us to re-embrace uh, the spiritual disciplines, or we might call them, David Mathis has a really great book on this called Habits of Grace, and so that's what he calls them. So the mm. habits of grace. And these are the normal practices that we think about when it comes to pursuing Christ. So scripture reading or meditating or memorizing scripture, meditating on scripture, memorizing it, prayer, you know, fasting, uh, these kind of Mm. normal, mundane, if you will, practices. So re-embracing them in a way where they actually become a part of our rhythm and routine. And there are some great resources for you to access to be able to do this. I just mentioned David Mathis's book, uh, Habits of Grace. That can give you some phenomenal ideas. There's yeah. a book called uh, Spiritual Disciplines by, oh, his name is escaping me right now. Don, Don Whit- Whitley? Whitley. Whitley. Is that right? Don, Don Whitley. Whitley. Um, it's along the yep. same lines. It can give you some, some great ideas. And and I'll give you one idea for when you could do this and how you could make a habit out of it. Mm. Uh, take some of the spiritual disciplines. Um, my favorite, uh, the easiest place to start is with scripture and prayer. I actually mix those practices in my own life. So whoa, I, whoa, whoa. You can't mix them, Jonathan. You're so them separate. The way I mix them is I read, and as I read, I'm prompted to pray. Things will come to mind, and I'll pray about those things, and then I keep reading. And, and it just becomes this back and forth flow. But as far as forming a, a regular uh, routine, take note of what your current habit is with regards to screen time on your phone. Hmm. Do you start your day with your phone? Do you end your day with your phone? Do you, I guarantee you have habitual practices with your For phone. Sure. Are you? I feel like you're just talking to me now. Is this still like... <laughs> Okay, so just want to make sure. But just take one of those times and replace it. Mm. You know, just take one of the, it's a time slot that already exists. It's already routine. Sounds like a fast take, in some yeah, way. Yeah, take take one of those time slots and and replace it and make a habit or routine. So I think this mm. is a way we can begin to put some new habits in place for us as individuals. Yeah. Second, and y'all feel free to jump in, comment, object, well, correct. Well, along. <laughs> Along with that, um, as I was as I was thinking through the the question of new practices, one thing that came to mind is a book that is written by a Anglican priest that we've mentioned here before, Tish Heron War- Tish Harrison Warren. That's hard to to say fast, or maybe it is hard just for me to say that fast. But um, in the book Liter- Liturgy of the Ordinary, um, liturgy just literally means work of the people, and so liturgy broadly can refer to like pattern or rituals of worship. And what she argues in the book is that daily unflashy routines that we do without really thinking could be if we pay attention to them, uh, pregnant with spiritual meaning. Let me explain. So she'll talk about making the bed 
something that we do every day. And she talks about that as an an opportunity to think about God forming chaos into order in Genesis and creation. She talks about uh, brushing her teeth, and she talks about using that as an opportunity to proclaim that her body will be redeemed. She talks about eating leftovers and thanking God for his abundant and often overlooked provision in our lives. She talks about answering emails and participating in the mundane, tedious tasks of our own small vocation that God is nonetheless using to work in the world. Um, She talks about uh, making a cup of tea and pausing and embracing uh, beauty in adoration of the one who gave her the senses to enjoy it. Uh, Little things like that. Now, you may think that's a little cheesy or anything. I'm not going to do that. But I think it's worth thinking about and taking these moments that we're already doing throughout the day and using it to reflect on the glory and the beauty of God. She says that there's no task that's too small. And in that way, you're kind of making a daily liturgy that's already there. You're just taking things you're doing and kind of infusing it with meaning and causing it to reflect on who God is. And so I think that's a, a helpful, uh, what guide yeah. for us during the season. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's trying to see your life, your routines, all of it through a, a lens of a gospel lens. Yeah. You know, um, one, so to mention my eldest uh, thank you note writing sister uh, <laughs> again full circle uh, but but one thing that she does that's very similar to that is um, she when I I got to I visited her not that long ago in her house in the bathrooms there were scriptures written on the mirrors in all of the bathrooms mm. um, and I was like so you know y'all just memorizing particular passages and she said uh, no I timed it and all of those passages take roughly 20 seconds to read. You know, this is a season in which we're being encouraged. I mean, one should, my wife would, would, would definitely tell me one should always wash their hands for 20 <laughs> seconds or longer very well. But obviously, it's really yeah. important during this season and one of those things being emphasized. And rather than singing the ABCs or happy birthday twice or whatever, my sister was like, you know what? I'll find scriptures. Yeah. They take 20 seconds to read and we'll memorize scripture. And mm. so it's very similar yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. So there's there's endless ways to be creative with it. That's what I was. Yes, something you can do with your kids, and it's not really adding something. These are already things you're doing during your day, right? Because right. I think, I think for some people, uh, during this season, you may feel like you're drowning, <laughs> and so to put something else on top of drowning. It feels like, you know, we're just throwing a brick or like a stone at you as you're on your way down. It's like, oh, great, thanks, more things to do. Right, right. But the hope and the the desire is not to add something new or different, but rather it's just to, um, what? It's to, in the midst of the craziness, pause and reflect intentionally on, on who God is and what he's doing in this moment. It's seeing what's real. Right. So the... um. So to move from the individual, the the second uh, thing I was going to talk about was practices that we could embrace as a family. Um, and if if you um, are single or what have you, you can think about this uh, through the lens of doing this with you know roommate or maybe you have you know a close friend uh, that you're uh, kind of doing quarantine life with. You know, um, but I, I think this is a key place, especially you know I was talking earlier about our families with small children. 
uh, I think this is a, a, a key time in which we could really embrace anew the practice of family worship. Mm. Um, and I don't think that this is something that, you know, we're talking about adding things to your schedule. My family, we do family worship during dinner. Mm. Like that's, we're all eating. That's <laughs> we're all yeah. sitting down together. Um, and the smallest one is literally strapped in his chair <laughs> and can't get away. So, so, you know, this is, this is when we do this thing. I, I typically eat faster than the rest of my family. So when I'm done eating that, this is what we do. Mm. And, and family worship for us consists of scripture, song, and prayer. Mm. Um, so just to give you a little bit more detail about that and, and to recommend some resources yeah. that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. you could use. Um, so for scripture, for my little ones, my favorite uh, has been the Big Picture Story Bible. Uh, you can find it on the little local uh, bookstore called Amazon. Um, you know, little mom-pop shop. Uh, I think a guy named Jeff Bezos owns it. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. Local guy, right? Yeah, go help him Lives out. down the street. Um, <laughs> but uh, But... That's great for smaller children. If you've got children that are a little bit older than that, uh, my favorite for kind of that medium range is the Gospel Story Bible, which is absolutely fantastic. My eldest kids, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I do with them in just a second. But so I, I typically either read from one of those or sometimes we're not just reading from Scripture. Instead, we'll do the catechism. Mm. You don't even have to buy anything for this. Just go download the app, New City Catechism. Yeah. And I just go through the questions and answers with my kids and talk about it. And every question and answer in that app has a song with it. So that oh, knocks cool. out your music, too. Yeah. Um, if uh, if we don't, if I'm just reading from Scripture, uh, I, you if you use Apple Music, Spotify, you can find any amount of fantastic kids' music out there mm. uh, that you can engage. And we usually do one song yeah. uh, a night. So currently, we are listening to Shy Lynn's album, uh, Jesus Kids. <laughs> and our song of choice right now is got to know the books uh, which is just his uh his song teaching you the books of the bible that's great i need to listen to that and uh you know uh karis has got it levi's got it and Talitha's really close um <laughs> so uh, you know it just we pick a song and then i just pray for us mm-hmm. as a family or sometimes i will ask them to pray it's nothing crazy elaborate it's nothing complex but it's it's routine and and i know especially for parents that have the really small children Although you're thinking, this isn't actually accomplishing anything. This <laughs> yeah. isn't like like they get up half the time, they scream. They this don't is really chaos. Get... Push through the chaos. Mm. Push through the chaos. Do it anyway. I mean, when that kid like rubs half his dinner on his hair and spits the other half out, or whatever, or she won't, you know, eat her vegetable. Like you keep trying to feed them, right? So same thing. I don't know. I don't have kids, but <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. Same thing spiritually. Yeah. Keep keep trying to keep trying to feed them. I was going to say uh, the way you're describing that, and for those of you who are listening who maybe think or question, I don't know if we could do that. I don't know if we have time to do that, or if that would work with our family. It actually reminded me of the Advent devotional that we do, oh, yeah. and because you know last season for us we would eat dinner and we would follow that up with the Advent devotional and listen to the song. And reflect, and so um, just kind of look at it like that. Like if you maybe you participate uh, in that during that season, so just kind of look at this season <laughs> like that as well. And I, for us, we we do something similar. Uh, recently, we've been listening uh, when we sit down at dinner. We listen to Lecrae and, propa- um, and propaganda and the new Kanye stuff. 
<laughs> so we listened to all that stuff, and it's been great. It's it's uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Another opportunity, and not just dinner, is in the car. Make car time intentional. I know car time can be crazy, but once again, push through it. And all these resources that you just talked about, you know, put in when you're driving. Right. And if if you're my age, and you think children's music, ugh, like, and you have <laughs> nightmares, you're thinking you're this about is to be, already bad enough. Yeah, you think you're about to be driving around listening to to salty. Um, you know, which I enjoyed then, but as a parent, that sounds nightmarish. Um, <laughs> there is really great stuff out there now. There's mm. really great stuff. I mean, I just mentioned my kids are listening to Shy Lynn. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I enjoy this. Yeah. Um, but uh, Kristen Getty has some children's stuff out that's high quality. Um, mm. uh, oh, a- Andrew Peterson has Andrew some Peterson. Kids stuff. Uh, who's the? Uh, uh, there's a couple. Yes. Um, uh, Ho- Holcomb? <laughs> yes, Holcomb. Holcomb. Ellie Holcomb? Uh, Ellie, Ellie Holcomb. Holcomb. She's got some children's, children's stuff that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of really great stuff uh, yes. out there. One other thing that I wanted to mention that we've been doing as a family is so we don't always uh, read um, the Bible. Sometimes I'm looking to just have a spiritual discussion or or to help them see the things that are happening in our world through a gospel lens. So we've actually had several nights recently uh, where we've been talking about racial injustice Mm. and issues of ethnic diversity. And there are some fantastic resources out there for that. So Mm. just to plug two for you real quick. uh, One, we read uh, a book by our own Joe Kittinger um, called Rosa's Bus. Uh, And it's to help introduce kids to the history of the civil rights movement. Oh, that's cool. So we read that around our dinner table, and then talked about it. Yeah. Um, Shy Lin, again, this is how I actually figured out he had the album, Jesus Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a book called God Made Me and You, Celebrating God's Design for Ethnic Diversity. And so we read that, discussed that as a family, and then mm. the CD kind of goes along with it. There's a song, God Made Me and You, that goes along with it. Mm. So, like, those are the types of good conversations. And, and we relate those conversations to the gospel mm-hmm. and to scripture. Um, so yeah, so another, I, another resource, if you have teenagers and not kids is, uh, at, go to axis.org. Oh yeah. They've got fantastic oh, yeah, stuff. For sure. They've got tons of resources there. They've got conversation starters where there's a video and then there's some questions throughout the video on a variety of different topics from topics from, Social media use to bullying to uh, books of the Bible. So, yeah, go check that out. That's access.org. Right. One of the challenges my family has, I'll throw this out there just for anybody uh, who's in the same boat, is I've got a wide range of ages yeah. as far as kids go. Yeah. So our family worship time tends, as far as the scripture portion goes, tends to be geared younger. You know, trying to keep them engaged. So, especially my oldest two, Levi and Karis, they're they're a little beyond that. But they, I mean, they they stay engaged for the sake of the younger ones and and all of that. Yeah. But what I do for them is uh, I actually have this uh, this book. So we're just throwing resources at you left and right. Yeah. Um. But it's, awesome. uh, it's called Exploring the Bible, mm-hmm. and the subtitle is A Reading Plan for Kids. Uh, they actually have a version of it that's exploring the Bible together, and it's a 52-week plan for family worship, oh, if wow, you will. Oh, that's cool. Um, so you, you can go that route. But basically, it's it's trying to help kids learn how to read Scripture on their own 
and explore scripture on their own. And so I've given this to Karis and Levi and, um, and, and we're not insanely, con- I don't want anybody getting the idea that like my kids diligently get up and every morning they begin with Bible yeah. reading and he, Levi's reading the Greek, uh, but, but we do try to make a regular, ha- I'm trying to help them form those good habits, but what I, I let them completely do it on their own. Like they read, they answer the questions, all that. And then I just come back and talk, talk with them about it. Like mm. we, we just discuss it. And so, yeah. so that's something you can do with a little bit, um, uh, kind of it, it, th- those reading plans are geared towards like preteen, uh, yeah, 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 ages. Yeah, it's awesome. The final thing I will say right here, as far as a new practice you could put in place, um, for for the sake of, of developing a rhythm within a family context, uh, is actually just for spouses. Hmm. Um, and I think the greatest thing you could do is develop a rhythm for praying together. Hmm. Um. Now, if you're if you're not married, if you have a roommate, you can develop a rhythm for praying together with your roommate um, or with a friend. But I, I I think that the easiest way I have found to help couples develop this is almost everybody that I know, <laughs> not everybody, <laughs> but almost everybody that I know. Uh, after they put kids to bed or in the evening or whatever, they tend to watch something together. Television show, streaming service, West Wing, whatever it is. Jordan's not watching they, that. They, they, <laughs> tend, they tend to watch something together. Um, and so what I tell them is, uh, before you watch, pray. Like, just make that a part of the habit of, like, mm-hmm. we're not going to watch anything together until we've prayed together. It doesn't have to be some crazy long, you know, hour-long prayer session every night or something like that, you yeah. can take turns, you know, mm-hmm. you praying for your spouse, the next night your spouse praying for you or whatever. But just getting in that rhythm of we pray together yeah, daily. Yeah. Um, you know, e- even just pausing and, and exposing your soul to another person like that yeah, for a moment. Um, yeah, the kind of a checkup right before you pray. Like, okay, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> How's the day? What are... <laughs> What are the emotions that you felt today? You right. Know, you need to process anything. Well, and again, like some nights I think you may pray very briefly together, yeah. um, you know, and, and move on. But other nights it may evolve into something very, very different. Holly and I have had moments for sure where like prayer has led to some of the deepest conversations we've had. Yeah. You know, and we just ended up not watching anything that, that evening. Now, again, I don't want people thinking that I'm like on some super spiritual high horse over here. Holly and I fail at this all the time. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> we, we, we fail at this all the time. But, um, but I think what's important, anytime we're trying to put a rhythm, a routine in place, when we realize we've been failing at it, um, not to like just beat ourselves up or something like that, but just to get up and go again. Yes. You know? Yes. So walks. If you can go on a walk, that can be another place to do this. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So to move from family to the final yeah. one, uh, and that's community, um, which is something that I know that everybody feels like they're lacking. And mm-hmm. and that's why I think in order to find new rhythms and new routines for community, we've got to get really creative right now. Yeah. And really try to think of just <laughs> outside the box to use the overused phrase um (laughs) 
so I'm just going to give just a couple of instances of not all things that I've done personally, but things I've heard of people doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know different families that have chosen one other family to basically do quarantine life with. So in other words, they've been like, okay, this this one other family, we're we're not going to social distance. We're going to get together. We're going to let our kids play together. We're going to whatever, you know, but but we need to have somebody we can get together with to have that fellowship, that community with. So that's that's one idea. Yeah. Um uh, another one is to have meetings with other people. And, and that, that, that first one really is is kind of the, the thing that I would suggest most for people that have small children because small children and social distancing do not go together. <laughs> um, they don't understand how to social distance. Um, but for people who can, um, you can still gather in distanced ways. And, and my family's been even trying to do this uh, recently. We've had... Uh, community group gatherings uh, outside mm-hmm. at our house uh, weather permitting um, we've done it in the evenings to escape some of the Alabama heat uh, but I mean we sat Sunday evening in our driveway with a couple other people all spaced out everybody brought their own lawn chairs and it was fantastic just mm-hmm. to see other people and just to talk yeah it was just it was just life-giving I I heard of um, of a small of a, a women's Bible study all driving to like a Walmart parking lot and parking with their their cars like backed up to each other, <laughs> opening their trunks, and everybody sat in their own trunk. Yeah, and just talked. And I'm like, that's just that's getting creative. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think just just trying to brainstorm through creative ways that we can still have some community where we get together and encourage one another. And I, and that's the thing too. Like, it doesn't have to be a time. Uh, I, I think sometimes as Christians we feel like unless we're getting together and doing some crazy in-depth Bible study and and praying and all of this, then it's not spiritually beneficial. Right. And I'm like, okay, that's all good, and we need to do that. But just getting together and seeing each other and encouraging each other. Yes. That's yes. That's of great spiritual value as well. Fellowship is one of the things we dedicate ourselves to. Yes. So totally. Um I have shared a couple of times with with John Mark and Brad this uh this crazy idea that I have. Oh boy. Yep. I'm about to talk about the <laughs> I'm about to talk about the pink flamingos, guys. <laughs> Not that we're going to do this, but I'm just saying like well now you've made it public. Thinking <laughs> try, I'm just trying to throw out like this is how crazy I am with like think of something ways that you can connect with people. Jonathan, this is an Oval Office conversation, <laughs> and you were taking it to the press right now. <laughs> so we haven't crafted our message yet. No, <laughs> I'm not saying we're gonna do this, but you are the president, so you can. There, do, you there, there's this uh, there's this old uh, youth group fundraiser that uh. I, I, I never actually did. I just saw other people do it uh, where they would buy like 50 yard flamingos. Those ridiculous, ugly. If you have a yard flamingo, I apologize. But <laughs> <laughs> those ridiculous kind of tacky things. Um, and they take them and they it would be like we'd take the youth group and we'd stick them all in Brad's yard. And it'd be funny. haha, You know, but it doesn't actually do any damage or take a long time to clean up like rolling his house or something. Um but uh, then what would happen is Brad would, like, pay $25 to the youth group, and he'd get to choose the next person. So he'd choose John Mark, 
and the youth group would take them and put them all in John Mark's yard. And that's how you'd use it to raise money. Um, and I was like, what if we did something like that, not with the money component, but just <laughs> just for the fun? Like, what if we just stuck all of these things in Ed Kaler's yard, took pictures. We're coming for you, Ed. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> took pictures and posted it on all our social media stuff, and it was funny. Ha, ha, ha. And then Ed got to pick the next person. Um, and, and you know, we let the youth do it or whoever do it or people could do it personally. And it kind of became this game that we played as a body. So we're like social distancing, but we're kind of playing a game together. And, you know, and I realized that's a really dumb idea. All of that. <laughs> I get that. I own that. But the point is, like, just trying to think creatively about what can we do to love on one another to just fellowship with each other to just make one another smile to encourage each other so yes uh, i encourage the body if you have ideas it doesn't matter how crazy they are email us yes uh midweek at shades valley jonathan at shades valley oh, <laughs> mid midweek oh, sorry yeah, that's right yeah midweek the midweek one <laughs> but not, not that we can do every idea but like just even brainstorming together can be can be fun and connecting with each other. I don't know. You got. No. I have talked way too much and for way too long. You guys got got anything you want to throw out? Thank you for listening to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> for listening to Jonathan's rant. Uh, no, man. I think you covered a lot of good stuff. I don't. I don't really have too much. Uh, on a practical level, I will say, and this is kind of going back to your first point on uh, just kind of the more individual side of things. And especially when it comes to like device usage and things like that. One thing that I learned early on during this pandemic was that uh, I had to stop checking the news like every 30 minutes. Mm. And and you know me, I'm like an information addict. Like I love information. I <laughs> That's love, a good way to describe it. I've I never love, heard you describe it like that. It, it becomes its own liturgy, it's, right? Yeah. Like yeah. like routine, checking the news. Yeah, I just got to, yeah. what's new? What's, is there an article that I missed? Is there something, you know, something on Twitter somebody said? Mm. So, but especially with the news, because the news can be so heavy right now. And I feel like if you are so focused and intent on, I've got to check every hour, what's the update on the, the vaccines or what are the numbers like, or, and you're just constantly in this rhythm of being obsessive over that. And I don't know, I feel like that, that can create a lot of unhealthy, uh, you know, addictions and, and just kind of put your, uh, brain in a really bad space and mm. and especially in a space where we're already under a lot of pressure and under a lot of stress from everything else that's going on from being at home a lot from you know being in, in a house with a bunch of people and so I think that's one good practical thing maybe just check the news like one time during the mm. day that may be <laughs> that may be helpful or maybe don't check it maybe just <laughs> take a day off uh, I don't know um, the other thing I was going to mention was as we were talking about this episode I'd was uh, just kind of on the internet looking for stuff. And I found this article that I recommend. Uh, it's on the Gospel Coalition website. It's written by Brian Tabb. And it's called Scholarship in a Pandemic, A Lesson from C.S. Lewis. And the article references a C.S. Lewis sermon that he gave to undergraduates at Oxford in 1939 at the beginning of World War II. Mm. Um, and the sermon was titled, None Other Gods, Culture in Wartime. And the article basically just says that Lewis reminds us that life has never been normal 
And he goes on to explain why and how we should pursue serious learning for the glory of God, whether in war or peacetime. Lewis objects to the notion that we should not be spending time studying theology, humanities, or the arts during a world war or a pandemic. Lewis says we must attempt to see the present calamity in a true perspective. A war or a pandemic doesn't really create a new situation. Rather, it forces us to recognize the permanent human situation that people have always lived on the edge of a precipice. Normal life is a myth. If people wait for optimal conditions before searching out knowledge of what is true, good, and beautiful, they will never begin. And so that article is a great read. Yeah, he's Lewis. Yeah, he's done it. He's done it again. He's done it again. They actually they made us 70, 80 years later. He's done it. He's done it again. (laughs) I I forget. I I don't know if they did this to you, but there was a prof that made us read that uh, sermon. I'd like to read that. Beeson. Um, No, I didn't read it because they, they were talking to us about how some people can grow restless when they're in seminary. I mean, even not. I mean, obviously, he's talking at the. you know, during World War Two, right, right, um, but <laughs> right, yeah, but how just even in normal circumstances, uh, people can go grow restless in seminary with like, man, I I just want to be out there serving in the church, and why am I mm. parsing Greek verbs, and, and yeah, so they had us read uh, Lewis's sermon just as a way of being like, this is why you're here, this is why you're doing what you're doing, mm. and yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so I mean, just with that being said, and I've said this on some on a previous podcast before, but for me. Um, I've tried to spend a lot of time reading um, instead of, you know, maybe watching a show at night or something like that. I still watch shows. I still watch movies, but I have definitely spent more time reading. And I feel like that's been really good for my soul to get away from the device to, you know, and I've read different books. I read a half of a book about uh, theology of angels and demons I read uh, uh, that's some. That's gonna be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I read some books on uh, racial injustice. I read *The Color of Compromise* by Jamar Tisby. So um, that's been something that I've enjoyed, and it's something that I look forward to every day, knowing that hey, mm. I could just pick up this book, maybe just read a chapter, you know, maybe yeah. substitute an episode of *The Office*, a twenty-three minute episode, and just read twenty-three minutes you know, a chapter in yeah. a book. and Maybe I, don't, I don't substitute know. an episode of The Office. Right. Definitely, definitely, read, definitely The West Wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, those those were some of my practical things. Um, no, that's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, y'all covered it. Uh, I think I'll just add something that has been so, um, such a grace from God to me during the season has been, uh, conversations with close friends where I just bear my soul, where I'm honest, where I'm vulnerable, where it feels like a safe space and a safe conversation to talk about everything that I'm feeling, <laughs> uh, to talk about work, to talk about my marriage, to talk about things that I've been wrestling with, to talk about despair, just a safe space where you can be vulnerable and you can dump everything that you're carrying because I mean, we're all carrying so much during the season. And I mean, in so many ways, um, all of us in this room have been blessed, uh, by what the Lord has kept us from during this season. Right. I mean, so many have, uh, lost jobs, gotten sick, had loved ones die. I mean, just horrible things. Um, and so we've been spared from so much, but that doesn't negate that we have hardships and we have struggles. And 
um, I believe that when we sit with a brother and a sister in Christ and we share and then they speak into our life that God speaks through the other. God speaks through our brother and sister and speaks words of truth, speaks words of encouragement. And then in that space, normally the other side shares and is vulnerable. And then I have the opportunity to speak truth into their life and to encourage them. And that has been uh, a sustaining grace to me during the season in which Christ has made himself present. And so that's been something that I've tried to make a priority. Um, it, before, I think maybe those opportunities just more naturally presented itself, whether it's in hanging out, whether it's in seeing people on Sunday morning, but, but making it a priority has, has been something that's been very life-giving to me during this season. Yeah, that's that's really encouraging to hear, and I feel like the times that, that Ashley and I have had some people over to our home and mm-hmm. had dinner, I mean, that that has definitely naturally occurred just in hanging out because and I think part of it is just no one's really doing anything like no one's going on vacation really I mean no one's doing anything exciting and so kind of what's left is you actually get to have like non-surfaced conversations you actually get to dig deep a little bit and we're we're all kind of in this together and so mm. we're all feeling a lot of the same feelings so we can understand one another, like already empathize with one another because we're all kind of in the same boat. Yes. There's nothing left to talk about except existence. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're all in existential just, crisis. <laughs> this, is, this is all we've got left. <laughs> uh, no, but so I mean, it, it yeah. really, this was actually something that I had wanted to talk about during mm, uh, my, my sermon right. on Sunday. Look at God. Um, <laughs> Just the fact that we all, we purposefully distract ourselves Mm. in order to not have to have those conversations, in order to not have to face the big questions of life and And reality. Those painful emotions. Yeah, yeah, we we live distracting ourselves. And and this season, to a certain extent, has crippled that ability. And that's actually Mm. a a good thing in many ways. Yeah. You know, and so I I think, you know, I would want to close just by encouraging uh, us not to replace like like the distractions that have been ripped from us not to just run out and try and find new distractions to replace those with yeah. but to actually replace it with the various things that we've been talking about um and and trying to i i i think that what feels and has felt like such a spiritually dry season could actually be used as a season of spiritual renewal mm. that's that's what i'm trying to say mm. Yeah, that's so good. So we hope that this conversation would lead you to think about your routines, about your rhythms. We hope that it would lead to conversations with your spouse, with your family, with your roommates. Um, This season is something that's going to continue on. (laughs) And uh, so our, our hope is that Um, there would be new rhythms and new routines in which the Lord um, reveals himself, in which he strengthens us, um, because we believe that he is working in this season and that we do not have to get through COVID and out the other side in order for him to work, in order for his purposes to be accomplished in this world. He's doing things right now, and he graciously um, allows us to be a part of that. So 
Jonathan, would you would you pray for us <laughs> in closing? It feels appropriate. Sure, sure. And before I pray, I was just going to say, if you have any routines, practices that you've developed that have been spiritually life-giving to you, if you are comfortable with emailing yes. us and telling us about it, uh, again, just midweek at shadesvalley.org, especially if you'd be comfortable with us sharing some of those things totally. on the podcast. Because I think the more things, uh, the more practices, the more routines that, that we're able to share with one another, the more it stirs our own uh, brainstorming mm. about ways that we could uh, be be pursuing the Lord and beholding the beauty of Christ. In yeah, this time. so one, good. One thing I was going to say, too, that I felt led to say was maybe – uh, if you're listening and we, we all know that we're all struggling right now and going through different things. And so it should always, you know, this is a reminder. You probably know this already, but just to throw it out there again, if you just need somebody to talk to or need somebody to listen to you, you can always contact me or Brad or Jonathan or yeah. the community group that you may be in, but definitely like go to people and have those conversations just like Brad was talking about have those have those deep conversations where you're where you're able to just kind of let all your burdens out and just throw up on people mm, yeah <laughs> yes yes so yes well let's pray so father i am just i'm i'm thankful for my brothers in this room i am thankful for all of my sisters and brothers uh, that are a part of this body here at Shades Valley Community Church. And Lord, we are deeply burdened uh, during this season, especially at our inability to spend time with one another, um, our inability to gather in a normal weekly rhythm. And Lord, we have felt um, spiritually dry. We have felt desperate. We have felt despair. And we know that you are the God of hope who can fill us with all joy and peace. And Lord, we are praying that you would do that by the power of your Holy Spirit. Renew our hope in you. Show us practices that can be put in place so that that hope, the hope of your Son, Jesus Christ, is set before us daily. Lord, by your Spirit, strip away our sluggishness, our passivity, and stir us to action. Action by which we may behold the beauty of your Son. You'll stir up the affections of our heart. And we can not only embrace him and know him more and more, but make him known. We love you. We pray these things in his name and by your spirit. Amen.